When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Glad to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. So this is a rip-off alert for you that has many different wrinkles and layers to it. Anytime we as a society go through a high-stress cycle, which we obviously are in right now, uh, this one compounded because you take a situation where people are worried about their health and safety and that of their loved ones on top of it uh, an economic crisis for the country and an overwhelming percent of people even before coronavirus feeling like the country was on the wrong track and it is a time of heightened anxiety stress uncertainty and it leaves things wide open for scamsters and there's been a big uptick in scam activity during coronavirus i want to give you uh, one key example you should be aware of people are getting what are called pretexts which are emails texts or phone calls that are bill collection notifications saying that you didn't pay this bill that bill the other bill whatever and people are a little discombobulated now and you may have had trouble staying current with your bills or just emotionally you're not yourself and so scamsters are taking advantage of that and trying to get money out of you falsely for bills you don't owe and the way a pretext works is many times they impersonate a big organization and you'll be taken to if you uh, get a text or an email you'll be taken to a website that looks identical to the organization you do business with and the criminals are able to do a lot of things they get you to sign into your account which is gives them access to information you don't want them to have and if you pay money you're ending up paying money to the crooks, not to the real organization. The worst part is usually you don't owe money to that legitimate organization, but you're conned into believing you do by the crooks. So please be very, very wary of that. Also, we've had a tremendous number of fake claims about health remedies. And health remedies have always been an area of scam activity. But when people fear for their lives or their health, it makes you much more susceptible to look for a miracle cure, a miracle prevention device or pill or whatever. And know that criminals are working overtime to steal your money by 
digging into your financial or medical insecurities that you may have right now, be aware, be wary, and question. Uh, one thing on the med- on the uh, financial stuff, anytime you receive a text or an email from anyone saying you owe money, even if it might be legit, never, 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 not ever click on the link to pay inside that text or email because if even if it's a bill you owe it could be a not legitimate source attempting to bill you and so when you click on that link instead of going to where you want to go you could be going to the crooks lookalike site always on your own when you're going to pay something either paying on your phone or paying on a laptop or whatever you on your own go and type in the web address for that business and go there to find out if you do in fact have an active balance a past due one or whatever and pay at that site never ever in that link contained inside the text or the email it's time for your questions that you posted at clark.com ask producers kim and joel alternating and it's kim's turn all right. This is from Tim in California, and he says, Hello, Clark. Like yourself and many of your listeners, I am a small-time landlord. Occasionally, I need to sign documents with my tenants, such as rental applications, leases, and other notices. Can you recommend a free or cheap and safe electronic document signing software? So this is a fast-growing area of business that skyrocketed this year due to coronavirus with people not wanting to do uh, legal documents in person so these things are generally free for the individual doing business with the company but the company itself has to pay for the platform now most of these have some form of freemium model where you can use them so many times for free as a business and then after that you have to pay one that allows you a number to try for free is sign request and the website is signrequest.com and you could try that one and all of them are chasing DocuSign which is the biggest player in the business often used heavily in the real estate transaction industry but these things provide you a safe platform to do things like execute a lease or any other business transaction and uh, if you can find one that seems reliable and you can use it for free then i guess that's great but if you're going to use them routinely you want to check reviews and sign up for one that you have to dare i say it pay for joel Clark Ray in Florida says, I recently received an advertisement for a service which claims to offer U.S. cellular service for a one-time fee of $170, including activation. They claim to be reselling all four cellular carriers, and then deep in the site, they say that if you switch an unlocked device to them, you'll remain on the underlying carrier you're currently connected to. So what do you think about this offer? So this is one that has generated as a source of complaints. You pay a flat rate fee up front, for supposedly uh, unlimited free data, texting, and talking for life. And that's just not going to be sustainable in the marketplace. Nobody has been able to make anything like that work because they don't own networks. 
and they have to pay wholesale rates to the major backbones of which we only have three in this country number one largest is verizon the second largest is t-mobile and then the third largest is at&t and those three are the network backbones uh, there's a fourth one coming that is possibly it looks like it's going to go under the retail name boost mobile that's owned by dish network and they will be the most aggressive price player in the market but there is no way that someone at this point legitimately could offer you a flat upfront fee that would buy you unlimited cellular service including data for life and so don't spend your money paying that money up front kim james in virginia says is paying off your house in five to seven years by using a heloc as a checking and savings account a good idea and then he names the companies looking at but i'm pretty sure there's a bunch of companies oh there's a bunch of them doing this this rears its ugly head from time to time and this is the worst possible time for an offer like this Okay, so the idea of this is that you come up with one account that is where your paychecks go into and you pay your bills from it, including your mortgage and other bills you owe. And the idea is you pay a daily rate of interest that goes up and down based on the balance you have in your account at that time as paychecks come in, as bill payments go out and the rest. The idea is that if you, in exclusion to any other priorities in your life, put every effort into paying down your mortgage, that you'll be able to pay it down quicker with one of these accounts that blends a checking account and a home equity line of credit. This is a horrific idea normally, but absolutely atrocious right now. Which is worse? Atrocious, horrific, whatever. I mean, it's worse now even. The reason is, is that interest rates on fixed rate loans of any term length that you can get pretty much are extra, extra, extra low right now. A home equity line of credit is a floating rate. So you're going to give up a low fixed rate for a floating rate that can go high as the sky. That's a bad idea every day of the week. Joel? Clark Charles in Alabama says, what can you tell me about steady.com and the steady app? It's supposed to be great for finding part-time job opportunities. Yeah, steady seems to be on the up and up. There's also another one called side hustle, which is spelled really weird. S I D E H U S L.com. Let me repeat that. S I D E H U S L. And then we have a guide at Clark.com that we continually vet potential part-time and work-at-home opportunities because it is an area sadly littered with con artists and I want you to know that you have to be very very cautious and careful you know what they do at steady what they do at side hustle what we do at clark.com we're all doing the best we can to ferret out legitimate part-time or work-at-home opportunities And even with that, it's possible that creeps will uh, fool us, but they are good clearinghouses for you to find legitimate work at home. Be very wary of anybody who promises very, very large earnings 
from you working at home, that is likely not going to be legit. And also anybody who promises you huge money in return for you paying them money up front, that's a tip-off that you're going to get ripped off. Kim? Rick in Pennsylvania says, it seems like joint credit card ownership may be a thing of the past. My wife and I have four cards, two with one carrier, two with another, and neither issuer allows joint ownership. So I'm the holder of one, she's the holder of the others, and each of us are authorized users on the others on the others two cards. I hope that made sense. Yes. The question is, does this setup satisfy your Noah's Ark rule of each of us having at least two cards from two different issuers? That is a great question. And joint issuing of cards is not as common anymore as it used to be. In fact, it's more rare. And so you have an owner of an account who adds authorized users typically today. So you should own two cards your wife should own two cards and each of you should have those cards from different issuers so nobody chokes off all your credit and sadly when one of you passes away it means that each of you would still have the survivor would have two valid lines of credit that you'd have access to another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Rosanna joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Rosanna. Hello, Clark. How are you? Wonderful, Rosanna. I hope everything's great in your life. Oh, it's great. Good. How may I be of service to you? Um, I have a 19-year-old son who has uh, had a job for two and a half years now, part-time, and he's managed to save up almost $7,000. So I'm looking for him to save some money long-term, and I was thinking of opening up a Roth IRA for him. So he, in most states, would be considered to be an adult at 19, so he would actually open his own. But do you realize how great it is when a teenager from a job doesn't just spend all the money? That's a, that's a really great thing that he's been disciplined about building up money and has built up this seven grand. Yes, I'm very proud of him. What is he likely to earn over the full course of 2020? Not too much. Um, I'm thinking no more than 14000 <laughs> I love people's <laughs> definitions of what's too not too much. For a teenager, that's awesome. Okay. So he can take all 7000 uh, not all seven. He can take 6000 7000 and pop it into a Roth IRA and qualify fully to have that money in a Roth IRA for this year. The other 1000 he could put in next year. Okay. And, and does that affect his financial aid? No. If it was in a, as right now with it in a regular savings account, yes. But once it goes into a sheltered retirement account, retirement account funds, not in any financial aid formula I've ever seen, 
uh, retirement accounts do not affect eligibility for financial aid. So it's not only a great thing for his future to have the money in a Roth IRA, it also is great for the financial aid application for a college that he not have that 7000 sitting around. What happens if he has the seven grand sitting around is when money's in his own name, a college expects that money to be used for tuition and other college expenses. So they just essentially deduct that from the amount of potential financial aid he would have qualified for. So the okay. Roth becomes very valuable. Okay. Do you know where I'd like him to look at to open that Roth? No, I don't. Okay, so my thing with investment accounts is you want them to be with one of the low-cost companies. And there's enormous differences in costs on having a Roth IRA depending on which firm you go to. And I have three favorites for opening Roth IRAs, Charles Schwab, Fidelity Investments, and Vanguard. Vanguard overall is the lowest cost of the three, and I have specific things I'd like for him to look at what he'd put that money into in whichever firm he'd end up going to or the low-cost companies. And if you go to Clark.com, he can look at my investment guide, and in just a few minutes, he'll be able to open his account, link it, and fund it. Welcome to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you being empowered with knowledge so you can keep more of what you have. About three years ago, I started talking about a new movement in the life insurance industry for instant issuance of policies. And the idea was that there were people that believed that if they took your medical history and used it to analyze how much risk you were to the insurer for life insurance, that they could make a decision typically within two to three minutes by using decision, uh, big data decision-making processes to decide whether or not to issue you a policy. And if you believe the companies that offer what's known as online underwriting, where you don't Normally, when you apply for a life insurance policy, something shocking for pretty much anybody under age 35 or 40 who's used to being able to do things instantly on their phone or online, insurance policies usually take three or four months to get issued. The industry is one that doesn't really like change and has been very slow to adapt to modern things, but insurers that have come up with instant decision products are taking more and more market share. So insurers are paying attention. If you believe the companies that issue these policies, they're able to make a decision in just a two or three minute period automatically on most of the applicants, maybe as many as 80 to 90% of the people that apply for policies. And you're going to find this is going to become steadily more the way life insurance is sold. So think about this, though. Their decision on whether or not to issue you a policy is being made based on what your medical history has been. That kind of information that's supposed to be behind a HIPAA wall 
is more and more being traded on in the marketplace. So this is a big trade-off for you and me. Uh, you know, I think that a lot of people no longer have any expectation that your information is private, and it can be unsettling to think about how your medical information is out there. And I talked recently about how I'd done 23andMe and Ancestry.com and how the information they collected on me, you know, is not secure out there, that there are not laws how our medical information is protected. And that is something that needs to be addressed. There needs to be protections in place where our personal, most sensitive information suddenly isn't widely available in the marketplace. So it is a good thing for life insurers to be able to make these quick decisions and accurately, as much as they can, predict the risk that you represent to them, able to present a premium to you and you get to make a decision whether you buy it right away. Because the reality is the glacial process from about prehistoric times that life insurers use where it takes months and months for them to make a decision does not work anymore. And people will abandon buying life insurance that they very well may need because of how foolishly old school life insurers are. But this is the trade and it is the law of the jungle right now and we need actual laws of the land that govern our medical information, our genetic information, and who has access to it and how we are protected from that information being used against us. And we're just not there yet and we need to get it done because having efficient ways to buy things is great. But at the same time, people willy-nilly having access to our private information, that's not okay. It's time for questions that you posted for me at clark.com slash ask. And who's up, Kim or Joel? Me, Clark, I am. And, and Gary in Georgia has a question. He says, Clark, uh, concerning restaurant gift cards from Golden Corral, I have approximately $500 in gift cards to this restaurant. Is wow. there anything I can do to get this money back because the company has shut down and gone out of business? No, no, no. Only individual locations have ceased. So hopefully you have another Golden Corral near you that the gift cards will be usable at and you'll be able to use up that money. Um, I have gift cards that I bought at a big discount at Sam's Club for a restaurant chain that the whole chain has gone bankrupt and it's still operating in bankruptcy, but the bankruptcy court chose not to honor the gift cards. So I'm out $38. Thank goodness I'm not out 500 like you are, but this is the risk that is especially pronounced right now with retailer and restaurant gift cards is that when you have them, if the chain files for bankruptcy or if it's a local non-chain, if they cease to exist, your money will go up in smoke. And so that's something that we all need to be aware of. But I think you're going to be okay as long as you have a Golden Corral close to you. 
another location to be able to get that $500 of value back in your belly and not sitting there in useless cards. Kim? Kathy and Alaska. You like that, huh? Back in your belly? Get in my belly. Uh, Kathy in Alaska says, I'm looking at a device that is intended to limit the background noise of your electrical circuits in your house and therefore reduce the amount of of electricity needed to power your home and appliances, thereby lowering your bill. Have you heard of such a thing? Yes, and these types of offers have been in the marketplace, I don't know, 20 years And to my knowledge, there has not been one yet that has proven to actually be a money saver. The thing that has saved people money are these devices that monitor what in your home is using the watts and figuring out what things maybe you need to unplug that you use rarely or uh, when you buy the next time, you buy something that's ultra energy efficient. Any appliance or big major consumer electronics is going to have the yellow label, the yellow label that will tell you how efficient it is compared to other similar items of that same type. Like if you compare refrigerators, TVs, anything like that, it will show you the efficiency relative to others and the cost for that item per year. So doing the things where you monitor the energy usage active in your home or as you buy that you buy the most efficient of the more expensive appliances and electronics that's how you can have impact on that bill joel clark marie in colorado says youtube tv has an option that allows up to six participants on each plan so would it be possible for me in colorado to be added to my son's account who lives in florida So this is a great question because we use our YouTube account cross-country and it has not been a problem where we share it at three locations and it has not been to this point any problem and I know of nothing in the YouTube terms of service that say you can't do this. The way it works is you're allowed to be watching three different shows simultaneously and have six unlimited DVRs as part of the YouTube service. And they're charging enough for YouTube now at 65 a month that I think they can afford to allow multiple people in a household to be using it, even at different locations. Kim? Sheila in Georgia says, in this day and age with the pandemic, people are scrambling to find things like Lysol spray. I looked on Amazon and they have three cans of Lysol spray for $88. Isn't this price gouging and shouldn't they be responsible for it? Okay, so this has been a problem at Amazon for a long, long time with the Amazon marketplace. And Amazon has trouble policing it. And so most of the items that are sold on Amazon are sold by third parties. And what's known as the Amazon marketplace instead of being sold by Amazon. And there are examples of things like early in the shortage of people being able to buy masks, where masks were being hoarded by people and sold at like 100 times what that individual had paid for it. There are people who believe that's free market, but there are also others who believe that you should not be able to profit in an emergency 
like a pandemic. For Amazon, it is reputationally brutal for them to have people listed under the Amazon banner that are taking a $2 can of Lysol and marking it up uh, to $27, I guess, $28 a can, something like that. And the I should point out that the shortage of things like Lysol and the shortage of wipes, the disinfecting wipes, looks like it's got quite a bit of time to run. It is the last major area that had extreme shortages that is continuing to have shortages. Joel? Clark Scott in Colorado says, you mentioned two end-of-life services a few shows back, Cake and Lantern. As I started to go through the cake process, I realized they're asking for a ton of personal information, including financial statements. It's more than I think I've provided to any one entity before. And these companies look pretty young. Have you vetted them thoroughly? What are the risks here? That is a great point. And I would say at this point, only use them for the non-financial document side. Use them for your final arrangements plans for funeral, burial, cremation, whatever, and basic information for your survivors. But at this point, it's too early to give them access to your financial accounts and financial data. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jordan is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Jordan. Hi, Clark. How are you doing? Great, thank you. So you want to buy a house in one of the most expensive housing markets in the United States. What are you thinking? Oh, I don't know what I'm thinking at this point, but it seems like the the right move to make. Where is it in the United States you want to buy? Uh, We're looking in the Seattle, Washington area. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful place to be. Do you live in the Seattle metro area now, or are you moving to Seattle? Yeah, we currently live here in uh, Seattle in a very luxurious 600-square-foot apartment. So that's part of the reason uh, we're looking to upgrade is to get some more space for sure. All right, so blow people's minds who live in normal housing markets. What do you have to pay per month for a 600-square-foot apartment? Um, so before parking and, you know, all the other fun amenity costs. Oh, throw in right all around, the fees, everything okay, you've okay, got to pay. Let's do it. Let's go for it. Uh, right around twenty-one twenty-five. $2,100 a month for 600 square feet that you don't even get to own. <laughs> and in and in most of the country that would buy somebody a nice house the equivalent mortgage payment per month oh yeah oh yeah so again share with your fellow uh listener what's it cost to buy 
the home you want to buy in the Seattle metro area? So we are ideally we're looking for a home that we could turn into, you know, a longer term home. Um, and for something like that here in the area, we're looking between um, on the low average between six fifty and seven hundred thousand. And that buys you how many square feet? Uh, anywhere between eighteen and twenty-two. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're a brave soul. <laughs> So um, I want to ask you something before we proceed further. How long do you expect that you're going to live in the Seattle metro area? You know, that's that's part of the equation, too. Uh, we're relatively new to the area. been here about eight or nine months. Uh, we did grow up in Washington, but on the other side of the state. Um, so we're thinking about buying probably in about a year or so. Um, but that's assuming that, you know, we continue to like our jobs, that we continue to want to be here in the market. And that you would stay long, long term. Yes, sir. Okay, so I don't know if you know why I'm going that direction before you even get to what you want to ask me. It's because in a high-cost market, buying a home makes it higher stakes. And normally Mm -hmm. I say that when you're going to buy a home anywhere, you want to look at it with an expectation that the ownership cycle will be a minimum seven years because of the cost coming in and coming out. And housing prices don't necessarily go one direction, although they have in the Seattle metro area for a pretty consistent number of years, different from other markets where things go kind of up and down in waves. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't know how long that's going to last. So if you're really comfortable that, a seven-year window is very realistic in your life, and you're willing to make the financial sacrifices, then having the permanence of owning your own home makes perfect sense. Yeah. So my question was concerning um, your thoughts around an 80-10-10 loan. So a big goal of ours would be to avoid paying private mortgage insurance. Uh, we'd like to be able to put 20% down and while over the next year we'd be getting close to that point, I, I do doubt that we could we could fully put 20% down on a home. So I wanted to get your thoughts on pros, cons, of uh, looking at an 80-10-10 or even specifically an 80-15-5. I love it. It is so much smarter for you to do an 80-10-10. What used to be referred to as a piggyback is a much better idea than having rip-off private mortgage insurance. For people who don't know what you and I are talking about, let me give a a brief explanation. So if you can't put 20% down, the lender's really worried that you are at much higher risk of foreclosure. So they force you to buy a ridiculously expensive insurance that is called private mortgage insurance that protects them if the event you do get foreclosed, it makes the bank whole and you pay the premium. When you do an 80% first loan and then do a second mortgage for 10% of the amount of money you need to borrow, you're going to pay a higher rate on that 10%, but you avoid private mortgage insurance. And then your goal should be to pay off that 10% second loan as quickly as you can, the loan for 10% of the value. And your strategy is exactly right. You have a little bit higher closing costs, 
because they're having to close on two loans simultaneously. Mm -hmm. But your strategy is 100% correct, and I know of no circumstance I've ever had presented to me where what you want to do is anything other than the right answer. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.